going to VAR. They're checking. <laughs> hey, Connie. Check complete. Let's head over to the bar. The bar. Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 118. Oh, the triple digits are still getting me, boys, how long we've been doing this, of the Farbar podcast. My name is Jake. I'm the resident Chelsea fan, as you well know. And again, I've got the absolute honour of hosting these boys. Let's hear from the lads. We've got Prez. Yo, yo, yo. What's good? We have got Mace. What's good, everyone? What's up? <laughs> and we finally, we've got Drew. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, right. Boys, we are in the middle of more than I, I do love this time of year when it is transfer season. The rumors are flying, the moves are really starting to be moving now. Pretty, uh, all our clubs are pretty much starting their pre season and going to far lands. Um, I'm gonna start off with Prez's Club United, both him and myself. We've been waiting for the transfers to be rolling in for our clubs as compared to Drew and Mace and Strides. But they are finally starting to move. Prayers, your boys have signed Terrell Malassia. I hope I've got the name right there. Um, yeah. The left back from Feyenoord. Drew, I want to go to you first because you're our resident Dutchman. You probably know about a lot more about him than we do. Give us a short preview on him. What do you think of him? Yeah, I'm a final supporter as well. So in terms of from a final perspective, it's, I think it's a huge loss for them um, because... We've yeah, we've basically lost our whole left side. Sinistero's gone to Leeds as well. And then Malasia left obviously to United for how much was the price press? Fifty million in add ons? Yeah, it was about thirteen plus two in add ons. Plus I think. two in add ons. And yeah, yeah, I think like a lot of Feyenoord fans, you know, I think would think that he's worth a little bit more. But it is what it is. Um I think um he's a he's a good tenacious left back um he's good up and down um going forward as well as the defend the defending part um the only thing with him is especially last season is that he's a player that's a little bit more motivated in the big games or when he comes comes against like good wingers um but when it comes to like the smaller games he can be found out a little bit more but i think it's just a motivation thing where he's more up for it in the big games but obviously in the premier league Nearly every game is a good game. You're meeting um, wingers who are of a much better standard as well. So I think all in all, um, if he's not going to be a starter, he's going to be an understudy to Luke Shaw. It's a very good signing and a smart signing from Eric Tenag as well. So, yeah, I like it. Well, I mean, thank you, Drew, for that segue because that's going to help me out a lot. Prez, obviously, like you say, I think he is probably going to start off at least as an understudy to Shaw. But... Do you see him challenging him this year? Do you see him just taking, not a year off, but a year's apprenticeship? What do you look like? Yeah, I mean, I had a, a conversation with these guys a couple of weeks back about the prospect of signing him and, and, you know, the role he might play if he joins. And for me, um, you know, there's this whole conversation around Van Gaal and the Dutch players and the, the players he'll bring in um, for the World Cup uh, squad and you know depending on how much football their players play will determine if he actually gets picked but um, or the players get picked but I think for now Malassia probably doesn't have to worry about that too much because um, I think Drew will tell you as well he's not uh, a starter within that team so 
at the very most he'd be like a a squad player to to supplement um you know the the, the starters but you know as far as his time at united i would like to think that yeah first season he would look to kind of learn the premier league learn english football um apply his trade and and then look to to push luke shaw but from my perspective if i'm looking at luke shaw i'm thinking you know he's been harpered by injuries or hampered by injuries throughout the most of his United career um, and rarely does have periods where he's, you know, consistently in the side. And I think, you know, for me, that's a worry as a fan. And I think he should start to think, you know, this this is probably my last big season to to kind of think, okay, new managers come in, it's time for me to show what I can really do. It's time for me to show, um, you know, my talent and and how dependable I can be and really, really try to hold down that left-back position. I mean, if he doesn't, we're probably looking at him getting shipped um, next summer, I think, because he's had way too many chances already to, to kind of prove that he can do that and he he's come up short. Uh, more often than not so yeah let's see what happens I think as Drew said what from what I've seen of him and the research I've done on Malassia seems like a very talented um, player technically sound um, likes his one-on-one duels as Drew Drew has said and um, you know being able to nurture that young talent with a manager like Ten Hag at the helm as well uh, it'll be interesting to see man so yeah Without saying too much, it's um it's a good solid signing and um yeah look to see how how he um, performs in his first season yeah, I get that completely. He do, he he does look like. I think the comparison that I saw was that he looked like a younger. Um, oh, it's the left back from Ajax has just gone to buy, and it's Mazarui. That's again an awful oh, yeah, that's try right. that pronunciation. <laughs> Mas- Mazarui. Oh, okay. I think Mazarui is is. In my opinion, Mas Mas. Oh my god! Yeah, even I can't pronounce it. Mazarui Mazarui. Um. He's probably the third best right back in football for me. Like I proper rate him, and the fact that Bayern actually got him for free is a maza. But I think Masuri is probably um, better in the sense of going forward. Like Masuri can like strike the ball from anywhere. Masuri reminds me of like a right back version of Royston Drenter. Mm. Oh, that's a throwback. Explosive, powerful. Yeah, explosive, powerful, can can defend, uh, technically sound, can pass a ball. He's decent, man. So, but yeah, Mal- Malassia is not far off, though, so it's not, not that much of a bad comparison, to be honest. Well, Prez, I'll ask you about your other sign that looks pretty inbound. Um, I think it's only up to the medical now. Mm-hmm. Ericsson on a free. I personally love that signing for you. I think I cannot rate Ericsson enough in the minute, especially given his comeback and how well he played for Brentford. What do you think of that signing for you, boys? Yeah, brilliant, man. I think um, there was uh, it was a bit touch and go as to whether he choose us over Brentford, but it seems you know he's bought into the quote unquote project. <laughs> At least that's <laughs> what I'm telling myself, anyway. Um, but yeah, I'm glad he's 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 chosen United. Um, I spoke a little bit about this on previous episodes about what I think he could bring. I think, um, 
you know, just looking at him as uh, the, the type of player that Ten Hag would like in his midfield, um, the, the technique, his threats from set pieces, his threats from wide areas, um, and just um, his ability to look after the ball um, in, in key areas on the pitch. So, um, you know, you look at the, the comparison to, say, a Bruno, who's very, you know, high, high octane, high risk, high reward type of player. But, you know, Ericsson's the more, you know, I guess, measured, calculated, um, you know, looks to pick a pass. And he, he, he really does epitomize the, the beautiful side of the game, especially from a technical side of it. So, yeah, no, good to, good to get him through the door. And, um, hopefully it all goes well with, med- with his medical. And, uh, yeah, we can notch our second sign in of the window. You you uh, man gave Bruno the eight in it, yeah. Uh, the eight, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was always gonna he was always gonna get that when Mata left though. That was that was something that was, that was yeah yeah. Mm. He was always gonna get that. One. Say less, man. All right, Mace. I want to come to you. I think I've left it long enough. The CR seven saga. So as far as we are aware as fans, he has told United he will not be joining them for preseason as of right now for family reasons. He's made it known that he wants to leave United for what he says, that he feels like the club has not done enough to strengthen the side. Um, We've been told that his agent has already been speaking to clubs like Real Madrid, like Barcelona, like Bayern, like Chelsea, about a possible move. Um, It's CR7. I mean, we've been taught, like we looked at that United team last season and without his goals, his contribution that they could have been even worse off. Shalom, what do you think about this whole thing? Like, does he have a right to be wanting to leave in this manner, given how late it is? Do you see it as a big (laughs) big loss for United or possibly an easier way to restart under Ten Hag? Yeah. Uh, Good questions. Um, (laughs) You keep a, you keep a player who wants to be in your project. If, if you, if you have a player that doesn't want to be in the project, you'd let him go. You don't, like I always say, the club comes over any player. So if you're not sold to, to this particular um, dream or project, then you you should go. The question is how much would United sell him for? Would it be attractive to clubs who don't want to take uh, spend a huge outlay on the player like Ronaldo, despite his accolades and how much he's done, but he's still, what, 30, what, seven? 36 how much how old is he 35 how old is he 37 yeah 37 like you're not gonna you're, no one's gonna buy buy Ronaldo for 35 mil you know what I mean so that's where it comes down to it always comes down to the money so uh, how much is United willing to let Ronaldo go for and that's how, that's basically what it comes down to I, I'll be honest I have to disagree with that in terms of money I think it's a case of like, you look at Ronaldo, and he obviously has the presence in that side, right? As he would mm-hmm. be in pretty much any side in world football. Yeah. And I think your point at the start there, Mitch, is really important. If he doesn't want to be there, that opinion is going to matter more than a lot of other players not wanting to be there. And yeah. Perez, we've had all these discussions on the pod about how the culture at United last season just seemed to be ripped apart completely. Like, mm-hmm. they torn themselves up. And, I mean, I, I want your take on it as well. Like, yeah. You're sat here right now, you're a United decision maker, you've got Ronaldo saying to you boys, I don't want to be here, what's your move? Are you saying, okay, you can leave, or are you going, no, we want you to stick around, we want you to leave this project at least for a year? No, I think if a player like Ronaldo asks to leave, um, 
there's a lot of things that you need to take into consideration. Um, the big, the, as big as Ronaldo is as a player, as big as he is as a, just in general, any news around him is always going to attract some sort of hysteria. And usually, you know, when it's negative, it's going to be unwanted. So then you need to start to think about, okay, how is this impacting, impacting the club? And how is this impacting the players that are currently there? And how will this impact players that maybe we're trying to attract to bring into the club? So for me, the way Ronaldo's done it, or when he's chosen to make it known to United that he wants to leave, I think it's less than ideal because he's had more than enough time to make it known to us as a club that, you know, there's a possibility that I could leave here. But we've been led to believe for, you know, the last two months since the season has ended that he was going to be a part of the project at least to the end of his contract. But now this is this is probably considered as a spanner in the works. For me, I would say if Ronaldo wants to leave the club, then by all means he should leave. But what we need to do now is have um, complete focus on the season ahead. And if this is, is uh, um, acting as a distraction to that, then we need to eliminate that distraction. So whether that means his future is decided by him staying or going, it needs to happen soon, regardless of what the outcome is. So if he if he himself is saying, okay, he wants to leave, there's nothing you can do to change my mind, then there really is no point drawing this whole process out. Just try and find the, the most suitable destination for him or allow his agent to do that. And you know, work out a fee with the club that um, is showing the interest. And yeah, that's that's kind of the way I see it at the moment. Yes, he's done so much for us. You know, well, he did a lot for us in the season just gone um, in terms of the goals he provided. And <clears throat> yes, we would have been worse off without him. But I just think under this, um, this sort of new era, under Ten Hag, under the new regime, um, there we can't afford to not hit the ground running. So any distractions or any, you know, hindrances towards that, we, we can't allow. You need to give him the best chance coming into the new season to be successful. And anything um, such as this or any anything, you know, that could prove a deterrent from that is, is, is less than ideal. So on top of that, I think that if we are going to move Ronaldo on, we then need to start looking at, okay, Who's our replacement? Who's going to come in? What are our options? Um, who's available? Who wants to actually you, come? Who are you looking at? Are you looking at anyone thinking? I, yeah. I, at the moment, not really. I mean, thinking about it, I'm looking at in terms of the the profile of player. I can sort of think of who I'm. I might, I might want. Um, but you know, you can't, I, I don't think it's that easy to replace 20, almost 20 Premier League goals and, and sort of look at the market and say, okay, yeah, this player can is prolific and he, he's, you know, notorious for, for banging in the goals. I mean, if you look at the players that are currently doing that, you're, you're going to be more than likely paying well over the odds for that, for that profile of player. And I don't think that we've left ourselves in the best position to, to to acquire those targets, especially at this point in the, the transfer window. So, yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I mean, you say about targets, I think the only one I can think of off the top of my head that's got, A, the proven record of scoring in a top league, 
and B, almost the fact like you because you want a younger striker, really. You wouldn't want because yep. you want someone to grow the team. It, the only one I can fit, think of is um, Victor from Napoli. Yeah, from Napoli. Yeah, that's but the, again that's a that's a price tag issue. I think yeah. I think we're looking at probably close to a hundred million euros to to even you know get Napoli out of bed. So, well, people really think his ceiling is high, yeah, Victor Osimhen. It's, like, it's, it's like it's a good. Yeah. He just has a very good PR, I think, and even I fall for foul into believing the hype. But I want to see it in the prem, and if he can do it in Napoli and hasn't been, you know, flopped, then surely he can do it. Bro, and, Lukaku and did in Syria, man. Yeah, yeah, this is the thing that Syria taxes. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but people, you get play, players Bro, like Zlatan who did it against Syria. Ghana, man. Against those centre backs, I was not impressed, man. So I don't, I don't know, man. I think he has like the right, he has like the right attributes and a good physique and everything. And he's he's got a good record when he when he played in uh, when he played for Lille. Yeah, but mm. other than that, man, I, I I don't know if his ceiling is that high. I don't, I'm not sure, man. But but these are the this is the thing. Like Napoli are, if you look at Koulibaly and the the sort of numbers that they've held him hostage to for so many years, and it's kind of and even um, what's the other guy? No, he's at Lazio. But yeah, if you look at um, you know Koulibaly and him, yeah, how, you know they're. I guess what they consider their sort of golden geese, they put these stupid price tags on them and it really deters anyone from going anywhere near them. So well, with, with Osimhen, at least I can understand that because they paid mad bread for him as well. They paid a lot for him. Yeah, they paid like 60, didn't they? Yeah. 60, right. Yeah. Okay. Koulibaly, yeah, he's just, <laughs> the president is not letting him go, boy. <laughs> yeah. Holding his family hostage before he goes. Um, <laughs> You got any other United news? Obviously, FDJ is still yeah. a big one there. But anyone else apart from him? Um, you know what, man? Like, if it's good that we we've pretend we've got like one and a half signings through the door now, um, but the the general slowness of of uh, transfer dealings is still a massive worry, massive concern. Um, we have apparently agreed terms with a an Albanian. Uh, goalkeeper um his name escapes me but um presumably he'll be he'll be coming in as the the second choice uh goalkeeper and uh we'll, i think we're looking to get the deal done before the tour uh before the tour kicks off so um that's you put a, a 50 mil for martinez as well yeah but again that's something that i'm seeing different you know reports every day for you know personal terms agreed but Ajax are asking for this much and then the, the price changes again. So until I get like a, the solid confirmation where I'm seeing the player in the shirt, it's still for me just a lot of hearsay. And, you know, if, if we look at this uh, Frankie de Jong news, it's, it's a different story every single day. I just wonder these journalists and reporters who basically find new ways of saying the same thing, the same thing every day. It's like, do not get bored, but yeah, I don't know, man. I think, yeah, it's good to get the, the, the one and a half signings in, but yeah, it's it's still a, a massive concern. I look at this uh, squad that Ten Hag has inherited, and I'm still I'm thinking, you know, this is this is the same bunch, and you're you you've weakened the team because there's been so many outgoings, so the team is even more bare than you know what it was at the end of last season. So um, yeah. A lot of a lot of positions need to be addressed, and um, time is running out. So yeah, a little bit concerned, man. Yeah. 
Fair enough, fair enough. Um, right, we've got to move on to my Southwest Chelsea Blues because they're the next most active, it seems, after Presidents United. Um, I'll quickly say on the Ronaldo rumours to us, I feel almost guilty for not wanting him at my <laughs> club just because I've just gone through the last season of trying to fit in a square peg into a round hole of our team. And I think that would be the same with Ronaldo. Like, Tukau was high on his pressing coming from Ranić's pressing school, Gagan Press. Of course, he'd want that. <laughs> and considering Ronaldo's pressing numbers are somehow worse than Lukaku's, I just don't think it would work. But then, like say, yeah, I feel almost wrong for saying, no, we won't have arguably the greatest player of all time. Um, it's, it's, that's interesting, Jake, because, yes, I, I agree. Yeah, the press, pressing numbers have was a, a massive talking point for Ronaldo throughout the whole of last season. But, again, if we're just talking about the numbers, like the the goals, you know, Lukaku in comparison to Ronaldo's goal numbers, are, you know, they're... Yeah chalk and cheese so even from that perspective would you not say okay at least we know we can we can almost guarantee a minimum of 15 goals premier in the premier league from ronaldo in comparison to shit pressing numbers and five premier league goals or how many whatever it was that lukaku got in the end i think you got eight eight yeah i mean that that that's always why i feel guilty because like he's the nearest guarantee the goals yeah there is in world football these days so from that point of view yeah it just makes complete sense but from what I'm looking at and what I'm reading it seems very much a board driven one so Burley's looking at going Mm. he is a brand having the CR7 brand is amazing but it sounds like Tuchel whilst acknowledging how much talent CR7 has just looks and goes that isn't the best fit for us yeah and like we we're in a portion where we've sacked all our football leaders it's literally Todd Burley and then Thomas Tuchel I would rather rely on Tuchel's football knowledge and rely mm-hmm. on his opinion than just making a what it seems like to be a good business decision and yeah. making a better football decision but th- there's definitely less risk with bringing in Ronaldo I think than a Lukaku just from the sheer lack of fee in mm-hmm. and probably the short-term nature of it but again I'd I, I, the fact that I'm having doubts on it, I would rather err on the side of caution. I think that's probably the yeah. way I've got to go with it. I get, I get it because then I think about you know periods in the season where Lukaku was actually available, and Tuchel kind of you know went against picking him for 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 certain games and and went with other options like you know Havertz we saw in the fourth nine quite a lot, or or you know Werner etc. So it would be quite the statement to drop a player like Ronaldo for those similar reasons, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like it would definitely cause excitement and I don't think it would take much for me to completely switch my opinion just in the name of agenda. But <laughs> um yeah, I I yeah, I think no for me personally. Like yeah. it's a very, very soft no though, to yeah. say the least. Um but a player that we have actually pretty much signed, Raheem the Dream Sterling. It looks mm. like it's going to be about 47 to 50 million pounds, some add-ons as well. That needs to be investigated, man. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm still, not, I'm still well, not understanding why City are doing it. Why? Because <laughs> why? Why are you strengthening your other up? I don't get it. Like that, with, with that calibre of player. Unless they really don't rate Sterling, but I think Sterling has so much more to give. 
the way I've been reading it, and it was the same with Gabby Jesus to Arsenal, it's the same on the fact that we're going to be signing Ake as well, probably, but we'll come on to that in a bit. It's that um, City very much take the opinion of, if you don't want to be here, that's fine. We will, we will sign someone else. We've got the funds. But you have to find, A, a suitable deal for us, and B, we have to have your replacement lined up. Mm. If, though, if both of those conditions aren't met, you're not leaving. That's why someone like Mares or Bernardo Silva have never left, because when they've been actioning for a move, City yeah, have either Silver not been, been able... Silva's to cut, man. Yeah. Since last season. Exactly. Yeah. So th- whether it's a case of they haven't found enough of a bid or City haven't found that replacement for them, that's why they haven't left. Whereas I think given the nature of the one years left on their contract and the fact that they have both been replaced already, mm. I think City have just looked at it and gone, yeah, all right, whoever is the highest bidder. And given the fact that Premier League have such high wages, no one else is really spending big fees bar maybe Madrid and P- possibly PSG. Your, cl- your cl- selection of clubs is very limited in Europe outside of big six clubs. Yeah, so, I, I get where you're coming from because I think I, in an ideal world, City would not be looking at Chelsea and going, yeah, you finished third. Obviously, you should have been closer, but you weren't. Your main issue was a lack of consistent goals, especially against the smaller teams at home. Let's give you someone who has outscored every Chelsea top goal scorer for the last five years in the Prem. Exactly. Like, that's crazy. But, um, Drew, I want, to, I want to speak to you about it because, obviously... You've seen Sterling at your own club, Liverpool, obviously, that was many moons ago. He's developed so much as a player since then. What kind of impact do you think he's going to have on this club? He's going to be our top earner. Like I just said, he's outscored every Chelsea top scorer for the last five years in the league. Like, do you think he is going to step up and be the main man as opposed to a cog in the City machine? That's a good question. Even though I'm hating on this move, not hating, I'm, I'm scratching my head on this move. I'm not quite sure what he's going to mean for Chelsea. Um, even though I think like he still has a lot to bring and to give and he still has his qualities. It's them was where I need to see it, man. I just need to see the games and I can't, I can't call it now, whether, because obviously in his last couple of games at City as well, he's not been in his best of forms um, last season. Um, so, but maybe he's coming into a new project new players, players that maybe fit into his style of play a bit more. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I need to see it. But it will definitely strengthen Chelsea in terms of like the first 11, but also in terms of depth and choice. So in terms of Chelsea, it will be a good thing. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Do you think on a personal level, he was looking at it like, oh, it's time for me to get back to London? So this makes perfect sense for me. I don't know necessarily London, but I think... He wanted to cut. I heard Liverpool, you know. He wanted Liverpool, but City was not allowing it. That's why I saw one journalist saying. Do you, do you think he, he probably relishes the responsibility? And to, to go to Chelsea, he's going to be given more responsibility and the like, quote-unquote project <laughs> looks I, good. And he's yeah. had, and hence why Chelsea makes sense. Because mind he's you, going to be a senior man, though. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, he's mind you, Arsenal was Arsenal was after him, but he wasn't interested in Arsenal. So Chelsea, in my head, makes sense. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's probably what he saw and thought. Okay, I'm in that part of my career where I need to be. I'm the senior man. I'm walking yeah. into this team. I'm going to be a chop, leader. He won't chop bench like that. Yeah, he the won't way chop he was bench. Last season, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. Quite funny. 
Yeah, it wasn't funny at all. So I think this this makes sense for him. Chelsea does. Yeah, I I hundred percent agree, Sean. But I do want to go to you on this because um, I think our our good podcast friend Tabo tried to bring yeah. up about how other Chelsea fans were saying that essentially we've just bought the Black Verna. Like we've just bought another guy who has all this pace, all this perceived talent, and can't finish his dinner. Yeah, what I think that's a blasphemous. Yeah, that's yeah. ridiculous. But, yeah, okay, I want to hear your opinion on it as well. Because I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one to say the least. Well, well, what's blasphemous that he can't finish his dinner? No, uh, that he's as Werner. bad as Werner. Yeah, it's just blasphemous. Oh, that he's a Werner. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think he was a Werner. I can I can accept that uh, that point. Back in the days, um, pre City, kind of around Liverpool days. But after he's came, he's gone to City, worked with Pep, and etc. Et he has become a better finisher. Yes, I, he's not a clinical finisher. That's not Raheem, but he is better finishing than Werner. That's just, it's facts. Yeah, yeah, agreed. agreed and well. cutting in from the left, he's pretty much automatic on that right foot. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I, I think he has. If we, because there are murmurings that we may change to a four at the back, depending on which centre-backs we can get in. So whether or not he's that full left winger and a 4 2 3 one, four, three, three, or he's that left 10 in the three four two one. I think he is going to absolutely dominate for us. I really do. I'm I'm really happy about the signing, I think. But let's just talk about that quickly, about, you know, where we think Sterling is the most threatening. What What's, what's his USP? Because obviously we know he's got the in-behind threat and... Yeah. Um, He's, you know, like I mentioned earlier, he's very good cutting in from the left-hand side. But, you know, in certain, let's say, 2 kel formations, where will he excel? So I think Ben Chilwell is going to be crucial for him, like having that overlapping left winger. I think that's mm-hmm. where he is a lot more threatening. I think because you always think of Pep City and it's keeping the wingers nice and high and then your fullbacks are going to underlap. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think think that doesn't quite work for selling as well as having he can cut in and you've got Chilwell on the outside going in mm-hmm. and so I think that's going to be crucial his off the ball movement for me is fantastic I think that's really been developed well yeah. at sea yeah. yep. so I think that's going to be crucial like we look at the Chelsea team last season losing Chilwell especially and James just killed our season so keeping them to fit and having two viable options on the outside so Sterling can play them off. Because I think he's creative enough to play that 10. Or we sometimes played two up top or pseudo two up top so he could do that with Kai or Werner or whatever. Yeah, it's very, it's a, it's a, it, that's why I said in that sense, it's a very good signing because it's very flexible positionally. You can mm. do a lot with him. Like you said, up front in the 10, or uh, one of the 10, sorry, uh, left wing, like Press said. Even right wing, he's played right wing as well before. Yeah, so he has. There he can, he can, even in the free, he can even play the ST <laughs> if, yeah. if must be. You know what I mean? So, in that sense, man, it's a very good signing. Can't lie, but I just need to see it and see how he fits with the rest of the players. Yeah, I agree. I think that the aim is where he's having his medical tonight. We record on a Sunday, and then provided that gets done, because everything else is pretty much signed, sealed, delivered, he'll be flying out to America to join up with the rest of the boys which is going to be crucial, getting that time to develop those relationships. Um, we, yeah, obviously Chelsea as well. 
I, I mean, I've mentioned it earlier about Burley's moving mad, and we'll go on to that in a little while, but it looks like alongside Sterling, we're going to be buying Nathan Ake. We're going to be bringing him back for 40 million, which seems high for me, but I, I looked it up earlier. Well, someone mentioned in an interview, 50 million now is not enough to be in the top 50 most expensive transfers of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, right. that, that's how great this is. So I think 40 million for presumably a very solid centre-back, like Ake's yes, 27. Calm. Like, he's got that left foot, which I think a lot of teams love to have now. He contributes to our homegrown players, so in yeah. terms of squad building. Coming squad back home as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I mean, I didn't want to sell him in the first place, but we did. That's happened. You sold him to Bournemouth, right? Yeah, we sold him And to you got really good money for that as well. Yeah. Yeah. We got, yeah, it was 20 million to Bournemouth, and then we had a 40 million buy option, which City matched, and we chose not to match. Mm. And then, what was it two years later, one year later, we're now paying that anyways. So <laughs> like, it's Some a very roundabout way of bringing him, but hey ho. Um, so, what do, you, what do you think to that? Do you think, because we need bodies as centre back, let alone yeah. quality? Like, do you think this is a time for him to step up? I am very dubious about Nathan Ake. I know he's, he's a good quality defender, but seeing him play, nothing about him screams, you're going to be a top, top, top defender, like Virgil van Dijk type of defender. You know what I mean? So if I'm Chelsea, a Chelsea fan, I would be, or Todd Bowley, whatever his name is, I would be moving heaven and earth to get the lit. That's a signing. That's a statement. But I, I understand why Ake, why, yeah, why Ake, I understand why you guys are going to grab, get him from the city because he's proven he's played at the, at the top level of city. I mean, I get it, but for Chelsea, I would have thought the lit would have been the better option, but I, I can understand that Ake. Um, yeah, I don't so. think they're done though with the centre backs. I think Ake, yeah, I think Ake, yeah, he reminds Ake. I think he's not like a, like you said, like a the Virgil Van Dijk. But how many defenders are to be honest? But mm. Ake is a very solid. Even if he's not your first two, he's a very solid three. He reminds me of like a Joe Gomez. Of yeah. Like, if you lose your first two centre backs and you put in Ake, you're calm. He will do the job for you. The drop off isn't that much. It's it's not that much at all. He's he's very good at defending. He's very good, like at set pieces as well. I think that's what his USB is like in the box at corners. He's not that. He's not the tallest, but he will get on that ball and he will bag as well. So mm-hmm. I'm a big fan, man. I'm a big fan of Ake, and I think that's a good signing. But obviously, like Shalom said, get another. Get another Donny alongside him, and then you're good, man. Yeah, hundred percent. I think the versatility for me is what sells it. Okay, like you, mm-hmm. you look at the Chelsea team; he could play the left centre back. If we went forward the back, he could play either again the left centre back or even the left back role, mm-hmm. providing he's not attacking too much. He could even be a six, mm-hmm. like the way he builds up the ball. So I think for forty million in this in today's economy in football, like, I'm, man. I'm I'm happy with it. I I think yeah. it'll be very good. I think, like you say, the third best centre back. May when Thiago Silva goes, please never go. You're too good. <laughs> um, he like second best centre back. I think he's fine. He's he's your he's the Robin to hopefully delict or a Kunde Batman like the yeah. one that takes mm-hmm. over. Um, was well, a sidekick, yeah, yeah, exactly. Drew, I'll come to you with this. I mean, I keep saying it. Burley, it looks like he's playing football manager. He's just Bro. basically it. Sound it seems as if he's gone to Tuchel and went, who would you want? 
Like, who would you want? Like, take money off the table. Who do you want? Who do want? you want, fella? Yeah. Uh, it's the Ronaldo, the first draft pick. <laughs> that's a, that's a horrible it? American accent. Where's the American accent? I was just going to ask. I'll make it happen, man. Don't <laughs> yeah, you worry. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I mean, you look, think of the names. Like, centre-back, you've got Delict and Kunde. We're, I'm hearing we're gonna we're looking at hijacking the Frankie De Jong move. Rafinha is still on the table. Obviously, the CR7 deal, like... It's just names and yeah. pon names. I think the Kunde will not happen. I think City will get Kunde. Really? Um, yeah, I've got a feeling City will get Kunde. I just it's just bubbling into me. I think they'll they'll grab him. The lick might be a thing because um, he wants to leave. Um, but also there's 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 noise coming from like Turin as well that the fans don't want him to leave. So it, it might be a, like a you know a sentimental thing for him to stay. Um, and then who else is there, man, for Chelsea in terms of centre backs? That 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 is the most worrying. <laughs> That's why I'm almost a bit annoyed with Small the delayed pursuit. Is that yeah. we've gone after we've gone after Kunde for ages. Like as far as I'm aware, personal terms were agreed last summer, and they're mm. still on the table now. And we haven't signed it because our eyes have widened at the fact that Delict could go because he was supposed to take over from Chiellini this year and become the main man at Juve. He's got two years left in his contract and he just hasn't committed to them. And it's between us and Bayern. And I think it's really a case, to be honest, of if Bayern are going to stump up. It's the same with Rafinha. If, if Bayern stumps up, up, I think he'll go there, man. Yeah. I think, yeah. So we're, we are getting very much big brothered by elite European but, okay, so heritage what, here. What, what centre-backs have you guys got at the moment? Thiago <laughs> Silva? So if you think about it as a three, we've still got Azpilicueta, but he, him and Alonso both want to go to Barcelona. They, leave, they yeah. both want to go home. So I'm going to take him no, off. No, but I mean, like, is he is Aspi still under contract? Aspi and Alonso are still both under contract. They're calm. They're they're both, they're there. They, they've both got a year left. They both want to leave. Mm-hmm. Barcelona have both agreed contracts with both of them. And Chelsea are just saying, we're not going to let him go for free. Like, you need to pay for them. Yeah. So it's a case of the fee, especially with only a year left and given how old they are. But that's by the by. So centre-backs that we currently have that I think we'll re- be relying on as of week one of the Premier League season. Mm-hmm. Sh- Shalaba, Silva. I'll, I'll say Ake, because I think that's going to happen. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say that's in. Then you've got the debt. You've got Levi Colwell, who was impressive for Huddersfield last year, but that is a big jump. Like We obviously saw Mason Mount and Reece James do it, so it can happen from our co- from our academy. But again, that that is a lot to rely upon. Um, you've got Ethan Ampadu, who just feels like he's trapped in that Chelsea loan cycle yeah, of going tight. to all these different clubs. Like I like him as a player. I'd happily want to see what he does. But again, yeah, it's very much he seems trapped. You've got Malang Sar, who I've already <laughs> said, I don't want to see him in a Chelsea kit again. <laughs> like He just has not got it for me. Like I'd happily sell him now and just get over it. Apart from that, like... Yeah, it's, it's tight, man. Yeah. yeah, like Reese James at right centre back. Like, but then we don't have a right wing back. So, like I say, it's not even a case of we need quality. We just need bodies. We need yeah. quantity. But get Tyrone of... Mings, man. Oh, oh, oh God. <laughs> even in this, he have some shuddering from the thought of that. Yeah, it's it is pretty much the two ma- names I've mentioned. If it's not Delict or Kunde, you are probably going to be taking a risk. Like, or you go someone short term, like. Koulibaly or yeah yeah which yeah I, I don't want to do so it's I'd say interesting but it's 
I think I'm in the same boat with you, Preds. The fact that we haven't got our business done early, it's a bit fearful now. You're getting into preseason, you're starting to build those relationships, and mm-hmm. we're not, essentially. But yeah. that's like a Chelsea fan. Boy. <laughs> um, right, we'll move on to Spurs. Obviously, we don't have a representative from Spurs today. Um, since we last spoke, they've still been doing that little bit of business. The main one for me I want to speak about is the signing of Clement Langley on loan from Barcelona. So it's just a year loan. There's no option to buy. It's been a bit of a discussion point in our group chat. Our yeah, Kenna people are being is, harsh, man. Yeah, our yeah. Kenna is the man who's being harsh. He continues to say that is an awful signing, whereas Strides is keeping the faith, not necessarily in Langley, but in Conte and how he can develop him and develop the team and the defence and essentially make him look good again. Um, Sean, what's your take on the move? Do you think it's a low-risk, high-potential move, as Strides does? Or are you in Kenneth's camp where, why did they even bother? As an Arsenal fan, I want to be in Kenneth's camp, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> so I see, I believe down, like really deep, deep down, that it, this particular transfer is going to fail, and I really want it to. But being rational... I think it's a very, like you said, a low risk, high potential move. And if it works, then that, it will be brilliant for Mom Conte. But as, we're yet to tell because, like I, I, I keep saying, the Prem does expose a lot of like ballers. So let's wait. Let's wait and see. Yeah. I think it's harsh because, like Langley, people forget like when he um, that season, that one season at Sevilla, when he before he made his move to Barcelona, he was good. He was like touted as being one of the, you know, the best up and coming centre backs, you know. And then obviously he has over a hundred appearances for Barcelona as well. I think, um, obviously in some games he hasn't really worked out. He's been exposed defensively, but still in some. terms of, I mean, okay, a lot. But yeah. <laughs> you still, but you still, but you still remember, like he's still a player, and Barcelona signed him at that time for a reason. So maybe he might re- regain or find his form back at Spurs. So I still think it's a player, to be honest. Especially like in terms, of, it reminds me of like a Maguire kind of thing, like in terms of build up, passing from the back, technically with his feet, it's quite good. Um, but then all the other things, let's see if he will, if he will get that back. Yeah, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. Um. Perez, I, I want I want to do dive into it for a little bit because obviously, I mean, I've said it before. Mine and your clubs are dragging their feet and getting their yeah. business done, whereas Spurs have made five signings. Liverpool have struck with Darwin and Fabio Carvalho, and I can't even remember who else you've signed. That left back, right? Uh, right back, um, Carvalho. Uh, yeah, like Liverpool have made their moves. Arsenal have signed Gabby Jesus. They've made. It well known. They did you know, that preseason. Hey, I saw <laughs> them goals, Mace. Let's get to this. Nah, we need to talk man. about that, though. I want to talk yeah, about that. Yeah, 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 let's let's let Jake, let Jake finish his. Yeah, yeah. Are we talking about Spurs? If it's Spurs, let's move on, man. Forget about it. It's not necessarily Spurs, but it's just the fact that we're seeing a lot of our big six rivals. Obviously, City have made the Haaland and Calvin Phillips signings. Like They have made their big moves early. Whereas mm. we are dragging our feet, I how because I I fear for my team taking this long. I get that the transfer window still has like some like six, well, like eight weeks left to go, but yeah. you want your signings bedded in nice and early. Like, how is this making you feel that 
your club and then obviously my club are dragging their feet while everyone else is making moves around us. Yeah, no, it's it's concerning. And um, even more so the fact that everybody else around us is strengthening and we are in a transition period with managers and coaching staff and, and um, you know, boardroom, whatever. Uh, and this was meant to be the the opportunity to show that we're actually going to try and do things in a different way. And it seems that, no, you know, whether you can call it even problems or whether you can just call it same old United with the way we decide to handle our transfers is, you know, uh, depends on who you ask. But the, the bottom line is, you know, as we stand still, everybody else is moving around us. So we need to basically pull our finger out. And um, I, I guess another factor that I need to consider as well is that it looks like United as a club are trying to stand behind the manager and actually focus on their targets, on on the manager's targets, which could prove to be at the detriment of the club because as we've seen with the Frankie de Jong um, saga, obviously this being his number one signing and his number one, you know, you must get this guy over and above everyone else. Um, it's taking up time in the window and it's taking up, you know, as I would imagine, it's taking up resource. So, you know, by putting all of our eggs in one basket, yes, we've, we've done small deals around De Jong, but there's still key, uh, key positions that we need to address before the season begins. And it would have been nice to, to show that, you know, aggression within the transfer market, especially before the preseason starts. But it looks like we're, we're probably will be lucky to get, uh, two, bo- two new bodies in before preseason. So. Yeah, man. Um, as I say, we're standing still. Chelsea and United standing still whilst our uh, quote-unquote rivals are strengthening. And all that's really, is, all it's really going to do is just widen the gap that's already there between, first of all, City and Liverpool. And then with the likes of Spurs and Arsenal strengthening, but more so Spurs with the Conte manager, you, you wonder how, you know, how well they're going to do and, and if they're, they'll, you know, potentially open up a gap as well. So yeah, man, there's just loads of possibilities that could happen. And yeah, it is, it is worrying times, man. I would say this joke, Jake, is that I feel sorry for, for United and Chelsea. If it doesn't work out for Chelsea, I wouldn't care. Because I think Todd has just dug his grave. He This either works or it doesn't. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the way I see it is just, and there's various factors as to why, but it's just the lack of a plan slash structured approach. Correct. And that, whether or not it's, a, and obviously something like a forward plan, which again, for various reasons, maybe Chelsea and United couldn't do that as much, but that's, we're in, we're in top level football. We I don't believe in excuses. You need mm-hmm. to get on with it. And I think it's where like United look like they're dragging their feet in terms of it, whereas Chelsea just look like we're scattergun. We're not focused enough. Yeah. And we'll have to see how it plays out. I hope it goes well for Chelsea. But again, like you say, mates, there's no feelings of of being sorry for it. You have to get on with it, and you have to win games. It's you've got. The fact is, both squads have enough talent there yeah. already. Mm-hmm. You've just got to get a plan behind it and actually win. Um, right, mate, let's get on to your Arsenal boys. Gabby Jesus. Um, he scored two nice goals. <laughs> he, said, he said, woo. <laughs> <laughs> he scored two goals against Nuremberg, and I'm now yeah. getting messages from Tosa. I'm going to be owing him money come May. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
talk to me about them because I haven't watched them out of sheer agenda. I'm not watching them out of ignorance is bliss. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'm gonna have to recap my statement. Oh, I'm it's it's looking very very clear that I would have to recant what I said earlier about him. I never said he wasn't quality. He was quality, but my issue, (laughs) yeah, but my issue, that's the thing. That's, that's how impressed I was. My issue was he doesn't, he doesn't bring enough goals, but from what I saw, the way he transformed out that the team, the way he transformed just playing up front, something you have, we haven't seen scenes like, I mean, when Oba was on form, like Laka, we suffered. He just transformed in there. You saw the quality, the difference between a, a player that plays for a top two teams in the in the club in the league versus your club, and when I saw that, I changed my mind because I realized that he's that like that Jesus is the one. So, boy, <laughs> the one, like hey. the one, like Man. he's he's the one. Like, is that second goal near Paul's that gassed him? Boy, it's Man. The, <laughs> Yeah, I, I realize the thing is <laughs> the thing is the issue is with most strikers that second the and catch a goal, Lacazette would have never been in that position. <laughs> like we finally found a striker that knows how to be in good position to score, and that you just saw the 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 the, the great gap between strikers and what you need to to take the next step as a team. And I was very excited. That, okay, fair enough. You guys have got it right. I was, I'm very happy with that signing. Hopefully, what was interesting to me, yeah. Um, in the priest, in the priest, because I I just watched uh, like literally the last ten minutes or something. But uh, you played with like two up top with Enketia and um, Jesus. Yes, and it, it, it works. The link up looked yeah, it looked, they look yeah. calm. Is yeah. that is that what you is that? Do you think Teta needs to do that? I like think week one. Start you know what? You, you know what? Yes, but it's also a larger picture because I'm even excited that we have someone like Vieira coming to play, Saliba coming into the fold. So it's going to open up a lot of com- combinations and possibilities of how Arsenal will play. And we obviously got strengthened already. We're going to stre- strengthen. I'm guessing two more signings um, coming in. So it's just exciting to see how this season is going. To, it's going to pan out with the type of players we're building in. But yeah, Drew, I agree. That two up front with Eddie and Jesus looks really good with that link-up play. Eddie Eddie looked sharp as well, man. He did. Yeah, annoying for me and my cash. <laughs> but I mean, the way I see it, so for the listeners out there, I made a bet with our fellow pod member, Toast, for Gabby Jesus. I said he was going to score less than 15 Premier League goals this year. He was adamant he was going to score more. And my two big points that I'm really having to hold on to here is a this upcoming season is going to be disgusting for fixture, <laughs> fixture congestion yeah. I, I genuinely believe if you start 30 Premier League games this year that's going to be an achievement especially for one of the big six clubs with all our involvements in Europe and the various cups and given how someone like Gabby Jesus is a starter for Brazil and more than likely will be starting a lot of their games so obviously it's not even going to be a rest over the World Cup period so issues like that and then B, just looking very short term here. Obviously, after one game, Mace, you are saying he's a cha- you're a changed man. Whereas he's the one, he's the one, the That's one. Yes, yeah. over five years at City, he has consistently undershot his mm. xG, and yeah. I am relying on that. Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Hearing all the gas that came out of the Arsenal camp, I sat there and went, 
Right, I don't really need my wallet to be any lighter right now. But it's normal <laughs> from the Arsenal camp to. Just, but the yeah, thing is, like, the, 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 this is why I, I, ke- I kept saying I am impressed with everything. But my only worry is, is would he bring goals? That's that's to backs your point that he might not bring goals. However, obviously, if you want to be optimistic, you're hoping that this changes him. Um, this changes um the fact he doesn't bring goals and. Coming into a, a, a team like Arsenal, the fact that he's in the project, he's the man. He feels like he has to step up. He will score mm. more goals. So that might be the the change to his, I guess, to his f- f- fortune that he is at an age where he's ready to step up and you know be become the man or become the one. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> the, these Arsenal dons, man, they they back their players quickly, but they turn on them just as quick, man. So watch yeah. this space. Yeah, what, what's it? the over under on the first Arteta out coming from certain men? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we need to run some odds on that. <laughs> it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be for me. Yeah, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't pointing at you, mate. So I think we all know who I was pointing at. Well, naming names. Um, well, obviously we're focusing on the transfers. I'm not yeah. hearing a lot of news outside of some random Kante rumours, but what, oh, what yeah. are you seeing at the minute? I woke up to that rumour and I thought, no, um, thank you. I, we don't, I don't, I'm not, it's not that I don't want Kante. I feel like his legs are a bit done. Oh, yeah. Still love uh, you, though. Uh, <laughs> I fully fit Kante is destructive. Yeah, is exactly. Yeah, that's what. That's basically my point. He's not fully fit, so we're just getting a, a player who's not there. Of course, he, he is. He is amazing. He's a very good player, but no. Um, yeah, half it counter will skip to Malu in that first eleven. Yeah, <laughs> without without even and any issues or restraint, man. Even like this is what I'm saying to you, mates. Yeah, like yes. when I look at your midfielders and you've done a good job of building creativity within your midfield right yeah. and then you have the likes of um Partey not going into his situation but you know he's your he's your number six and he's kind of your sitter right but then you need Correct. that sort of that combative midfielder that can do the dirty work oh. and progress the ball mm. um and Kante fits that role perfectly so in that team, he would probably be great for you guys. So if if he was an actual option to bring on board, then that became a reality. You but we just missing the, the hand off. Are you just missing the the blatant point Jake and I made that it's not Conte's quality that's the issue? It's, it's how fit he is. You don't you don't go spend a full email on Conte and he plays less than half or half half of your games over the season. It doesn't make sense. Yes, he's a quality player, but you, you're buying him to play most of your season, most of the games in the season. So, um, so that's the point I'm trying to make with Conte. That mm. I'm just I'm worried about his legs. I think that's mm. what I said. I don't think he has legs to play the whole season. But um, in regards to other. People were linked with um that Milik Milinkovic Savic, uh, Sa- Savic, um, Donny, <laughs> yeah. But what he's what I find anywhere, what I find mad is um is it Lazio didn't want sixty to seventy mil like yeah that's why no that's why no one's been touching him for years yeah for years bro yeah. he's not worth Price that on him is, forget yeah. that Donny man yeah. yeah um who else um the Tills Tillis man is still running around. Um, yeah. In terms of that rumor, so I'm not sure what's happening there. Obviously, we wouldn't go into like um, press says the party situation is yet to unfold, um, but that might change a lot of things. Uh, we're just hoping because um, obviously I'm not trying to 
to say I watched these guys a lot, but I saw a video of AFTV and they were talking to Edu and Edu was hinting that he might not be in the US tour. Maybe he's looking at other players and maybe he's in the market. So that's working. Yeah. Yeah. It's working. So we are expecting new signings, but I'm not sure. Obviously we also linked to Lissandro Martinez. Um, It looks Likely that he might go United, but you never know. He might see Jesus and thought, you know, Arsenal's turn away. You honestly never know, bro. That million ball game, yeah. Got changed his mind. No, no, no. I'm kidding, boy. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, he might, because he, he hasn't said outright that he, United is the, is the club for him. So as an Arsenal fan, you just hope, and there's always the hope that kills you at Arsenal. So, yeah, I'm falling into the same trap. But we, we wait and see. Um, until Fabrizio come out and say, you know, that he's going to United, then oh, I that will... David Ornstein is the one now. Man. <laughs> oh, that David Ornstein. People are I don't know. switching I mean, sides, man. I, I, just, I thought Fabrizio is is there. He does bring bring news quicker than Ornstein. So I think it's the Messi Ronaldo saga over again. Mm. Interesting, but yeah, Jake, that's what's going on from Arsenal. Except, oh yeah, the Marquinhos. He was an interesting player to watch. The one we signed for Brazil, I thought. Yeah, I was, could... about, I was about to say what does PSG centre back? I yeah, thought he I just was going to say he like, like, stepped no. up your <laughs> pool of targets. Saluda <laughs> who? No, 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 that's this guy. Oh Marquinhos. yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The one yeah. you signed. Oh, what was he saying? The he fold. was supposed to sign for Wolves, but we grabbed him before that happened. Um, he looked raw. You can see he's, he's a bit scared, but you just, but he just looks like he's man like pace. He looks pacey, strong, and can cross. So it's someone for the future. Definitely is not. Be, is he going to be part of your squad this season? You reckon? Or you're you learned him back to, his, to the club that sold him, or no? No, no, that's not going oh. to happen. I think we have to wait and see what how he does during this preseason. But from what I can see so far, I think we might we might loan him. But this is his first game for Arsenal. He could, um, you know, get better as he plays. Just wait. We we'll have to wait and see on that one. To be honest with you. Fair enough, yeah. fair enough. Um, right, last but not least, Drew, Liverpool. You've done all your business, right? Um, what else is left? Nah, I mean, that's that's what they're saying, isn't it? Like, uh, we're not going to um, yeah, sign anyone anymore, this this particular window. But then there's some journals saying that Liverpool have a trick up their sleeve and then yeah. something might happen. They're just doing this. Uh, they're just saying this. Uh, to drive down prices for a particular target they have in mind. I'm not sure who. Uh, but then you have the Bellingham rumours as well. If if uh, Dortmund are willing to sell this summer, then we will go in for him. Otherwise, we'll wait till next season. Um, Nico Barella rumours as well. Uh, to be honest, I prefer him over Bellingham uh, because I think he's much more the finished article. Uh, so yeah, other than that, I haven't really seen anything do you think do you, do you reckon Liverpool do have a trick up their sleeve because I think if you if I'm looking back to the last summer and your your quote-unquote trick up your sleeve was the Thiago signing right I don't think many people expected that to happen in the way it was, that, was that last summer or the summer, bef- was was summer it before the summer before that yeah I think last summer was just the <laughs> was just Konate man which happened oh uh, yeah that's was right. one of the first signings that we were just done and obviously Luis Diaz but that was January, didn't right? want to sell him um, in the summers for that yeah. for that price. So yeah, we last summer we were done early. So it might happen again this summer. I think 
Liverpool. We're all in for the bargain, so we're not the ones to typically go for 60, 70 million unless unless we're 100% sure they're going to slap. So, yeah. In one, in one way, I'm thinking, yeah, we're done. In the other way, I'm thinking, yeah, they these, these lot are waiting, waiting for someone to be available. So I would not be surprised if there was one more bombshell, man. Yeah, that's that's, that's Liverpool, man. We just yeah. come out of the woodworks. Oh, no we, you don't want to talk about Nico Williams. Oh, yeah, and we saw Nico Williams for 17 million, which is very funny because, um, I mean, he's helped uh, Fulham promote. He's a fully-fledged world's international Um so you know, I get why we were bit, why we were being a bit stubborn, but it's looking like he's gonna go to Nottingham Forest for seventy mil. I think it's a good price. I think maybe in hindsight, Liverpool may have kind of done him wrong because he's you know he's had a he's had a good past season, but I think he's probably he wants to be like a first choice right back um, because he's a he's an international and everything, which I think everyone everyone within Liverpool understands. So that's why we had to sign Ramsey and then sell him. So, yeah, he was never yeah. going to be ahead of um, Trent. Fair but yeah, enough. 17 Fair mil enough. for well, Nico. Boys, that's our transfer. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> I, yeah, just, yeah, just yeah, cut I me off there, Jake. Did, fair play. Yeah, I did. I did. I, did. Yeah. You know, I, I thought you were done. I didn't I didn't think we'd attribute uh, that much time to Nico Williams. So, <laughs> you've got to learn something new every day, don't you? Um, but... Boys, that's our transfer update. Obviously, listeners, FPL is now back up and running. We will have the league up and running in no time whatsoever. I will, of course, be coming for that crown again, as all the boys will be. Mm-hmm. Um, transfers are obviously going to keep rolling in, especially for certain people's clubs. or well, at least the rumours will be. Whether or not the transfers actually happen, we'll have to deal with that. Before we leave, we always take a visit to the Bar Bar for our shots. Boys, do any of you have any shots? I'm going to guess Mace has for a certain one. <laughs> not really, you know. I, <laughs> not, uh, for, not for a certain not for the one. Oh, yeah. he hasn't upgraded himself to a mm-hmm. shot yet. No, no, no. Not yet, man. This is the first pimp, game, man. Come on. Lemonade, yeah? Come on. I'm not, not going to let you lot, like, trick me out of position, man. Come on. <laughs> All right. Trez, Drew, anything from you, boys? Um, uh, nothing for me, man. Nothing nope. For me. Well, that is a very dry bar. I mean, I'll I'll take a shot for Raheem Sterling. He hasn't even come yet, but screw it. I like the lad. England's best player, right? Let's see if he does well for us. Um, But listeners, thank you ever so much for joining in once again. My name is Jake. I'm the resident Chelsea fan. Having the absolute pleasure of hosting these boys. We apologise for the little mini break we had, but trust me, it is going to be worth it. There are going to be some great things lined up for you lot. You will be seeing them very, very soon. soon. Peace. 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 Hey, hi.